The blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Come back, come back. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I am your host, Tim, and with me in studio, as usual, is co-host Dean, younger brother Dean. That's me. Hello, younger brother Dean. Hello, older brother Tim. How fare ye, Dean? Uh, well? Well. Well indeed. I fare ye well. <laughs> I think I'm still um, like having um, after effects of the witch episode. Oh, I think yeah. I was yeah. channeling some of that. I don't know. Totally, Tim. Tim, that thing resonates. It keeps <clears throat> going. It'll like, it just, it'll stay with you for so long. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just wake up and I just think of Black Phillip. I never want it to leave. I I'm no. I'm in love with the 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 feelings of that movie that that, that, me that too. movie gave me. I love it. It's great. Yeah. But we are not here to talk about spooky movies. That was several weeks ago we were doing that. I'm so over it now, Tim. Okay. We're done. Yeah, oh, we're so done with spookiness. I'm so over it. I'm so looking forward to Christmas where our episodes start to get a little bit uh I don't know. Jolly. Jolly. Oh, Dean. Well, well played, sir. Yeah, very, we get very jolly in December. So I'm looking we forward do. to Eggnogs. that. Eggnogs. Eggnogs plenty. Oh, yeah. There might be singing. There will definitely be singing. There has to be. There should be some really fun content coming out of that. We oh, yeah. haven't really decided what we're doing. Great. Yeah. So it's going to be good. So um, don't check out of Talking Back listeners until after December. If you're thinking about it, if you're thinking right. about leaving, we understand. We understand why. But don't do it until after Jolly December. Yeah, if you they if they are thinking of leaving, it probably started around Halloween. And now they're just kind of, you know, giving us a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Um, stick around a bit longer. Yeah. A bit longer. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pull you back in in November. We'll hit yeah. you with the jolly in December, and then January you can just like weigh your decision. Um, you know, it can be an educated decision as to whether you want to continue listening or not. Yeah, and that's fine. We don't we, we don't care either way. We think the podcast will be kind of like mistletoe. After listening, you'll oh. want to kiss us. Oh, nice! Yeah, because nice. we're so nice and good. That's not. That's not why you kiss. You kiss just because of the mistletoe. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. Um, like it's not you don't kiss because mistletoe's nice and good, right? Oh, it's like a it, but there's the naughty and nice list, and Santa kisses everyone on the nice list, right? No, Dean, Santa does not uh, go around kissing the kids on the nice list. He gives no. them toys. Right. <clears throat> I'm, right, I'm he gives them toys. So struggling to understand how you're as old as you are, and you don't understand what happens at Christmas yet. The mistletoe is for kissing. The Santa is for toys. The the whole idea with the mistletoe is you just stand under it, and if that happens, if that alone, that single yes. event happens, and you're standing under it with another person, you kiss them. It okay. has nothing to do with if 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 it's nice or oh okay and good and good. It's not. It like, has nothing oh, really to do with good podcasting content. We're standing under the mistletoe. 
thank goodness that that mistletoe is nice and good. Could we can tell okay. it's nice and good? Let's kiss. Right. I've never seen so, anybody okay. stand under and say that mistletoe is not nice or good. So we actually don't have we to kiss here. Kiss. Okay. Okay. I've also so, never two... seen anybody kiss under the mistletoe. I don't know if that's like I think that's just in movies, dude. Tim, I've seen it. Have you? It happened at our family gatherings. What? Yeah. Who? Where? Our where? grand our grandmother always had mistletoe hanging and i believe an uncle and aunt went under it and kissed you believe i thought it was gross you believe you say are you sure it it scarred me it scarred me scarred you (laughs) yeah i was i was probably passed out on cranberry juice dean cranberry (laughs) juice and ginger ale yeah you were probably 15 so that that's that checks out (laughs) yeah uh i think we're talking too much about christmas in this episode (laughs) also agree that has nothing to do with christmas no. But I guess what we're giving everybody is a taste of what's to come in yeah. Jolly December. So we're loading them up. We're 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 close to Jolly December, right? So we're loading them up. This is we love this on the episode. Um, we're going to call this foreshadowing, right? Exactly. Boom. But let's get to it, Tim, because yeah, my yeah. head is going to explode with what we're going to talk about. Yeah, you, I know you got a lot of things to say here. So many. Um, I, I have twenty five years of things to say. <laughs> yeah, I know it's great. So this week we're doing Back to the Future. Mm, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised it took this long, to be honest. Uh, I thought this one might have slid in a little bit earlier. Yeah. Now, this movie, Dean, was released in 1985 by yes. Universal Studios. It had a budget of $19 million, and it grosses $388 million. Money doubled. Set off, set off the trumpets. Let the trumpets play. Yes, and let them play for all time. Yes, indeed. Into yeah. the future. Let them play in, into the as long the as future. the future goes. Let them let yeah. the trumpets play. Yeah. Now, that is a lot of money. They made a lot of money. That's like how they much made, money I used to make on my paper route every couple of weeks. I believe that, Tim. Like, you were my investment in for the like dough. what I yes. would what do I what do yes. I take down? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um is any of your money included in this total? Oh, no. No, no, no. Okay. Because um, I've seen this movie twice in theaters. Okay. I saw it in theater when it was released. Yeah. That's it. But it wasn't your money. <laughs> I didn't pay for it. Dad paid for it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, even though I had the money, I wasn't paying for stuff like that. Like, no, no, no. You were saving your money for, for toys and I'm comics. I'm buying comics and candy is what I spent my yeah. money on. Yeah. This movie was written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Now, these two sons of bitches have teamed up um, on several things. They've had several team-ups. Uh, among them was Back to the Future 2 and Back to the Future 3. Great. But I was surprised, Dean, to find out that they were the writers of a favorite of mine that I've mentioned on the podcast, Trespass, from 1992. Oh, oh interesting. Uh, so that uh, it made sense why I like that movie so much, and, and that, yeah. I thought that movie had a really good story, so... That's for another time, though. That movie's for another time. This movie was also directed by Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. And this dude is obviously one of the greats, okay? So he hits us with Forrest Gump, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Contact, Castaway, The Polar Express, Flight, all great movies. Now, when I was going through his list of um, movies, I was actually a little bit shocked that the quantity of films wasn't what I was expecting, but the quality is there. 
So he does not have a he does not have a huge library. Well, okay, yeah, I mean like twenty something plus. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe less. Okay. I don't. I wouldn't say twenty plus. It was. I was quite surprised. I was expecting a very a very long list, and I got a shorter right. list. But yeah. you know, eighty percent of the stuff in there, it's like, boom. Well, I mean, after Back to the Future, you're probably allowed to make anything you want. So yes, that's what happened. It was like it was like nothing. N- never heard of the movie. Never heard of the movie. Yeah. Never heard of the movie. Never heard of the movie. Never heard of the movie. Back to the Future, and then this is the list of like, oh yeah, here you go. Right. Right. Now on music is our dude, Alan Silvestri. Love this dude, man. We love this dude from Predator and Predator Two. All right, enough said there. Yeah. But I'm gonna say more. You should. The only direction he received for the score was it's got to be big. Yeah. And I think our dude took it literally because he put together an orchestra of 85 musicians for the score. I love it. That was like the largest, I think it was the second largest gathering in human history. Wow. Of people in in an area at the same time. Oh, in one area. Yeah. Yeah. Not just musicians, but people in an area. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think number one belongs to one of the Super Bowls. And then it was this orchestral performance of the score. Right, right. And then number three was the opening screening of this movie. Oh, was it? So like, yeah, they hold number two and three of all time. Okay. I thought Jaws had that, had that record. Oh, yeah. That's okay. They're Uh, close. They're four. We need a fact checker on this podcast. I don't think we do. Okay. Um, we fired Brian, right? We didn't fire like he, him. He no longer works here. He disappeared. I, I have nothing... not seen him around the office in weeks, months even. It's been a long time that since Brian's made an appearance. He recorded some audio for us and uh, made a few appearances on the podcast and disappeared. Gone. I, I, he and I had some words uh, and he disappeared. So I'm not surprised. Oftentimes I'll have words with somebody and then they disappear. You should uh, I'm, choose your words more more closely. I'm not sure if, if I've offended them or they've offended me. I mean, if they're leaving, get, it sounds like you've offended them. Get where I'm going there? Are they leaving or am I getting rid of them? Right. I think in both cases, they are offended. Yes. Whether yes. it was your choice or not. Yes, right. Whether okay, they leave okay. on their own free will or whether I right. remove them. Excellent. Or I hire someone to remove them. Okay. I have no, I have no idea what I'm talking about right now. Okay. No carry, carry, on, carry on. Carry on. Silvestri so said that he wanted to create a heroic theme that could be recognizable from only a few notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sir, is. I'd say yes. I'd say yeah, well, yeah, well yeah. done, well done. You did it. Love this score, man. Great score. Yeah, and I also yeah, been rocking it. Great, Scott. What? You said great. great score, and I was just correcting you. It's actually great, Scott. Oh, is that uh, because Doc says that? Great Scott? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Tim, come on. That was a great joke. Okay. Uh, <laughs> great. Maybe. Good. Yeah. Great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know. Let's get back to the score. Let's get back to the score. <laughs> I got to keep us moving in this one because <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, you got I, somewhere I want, to be. I don't want to stretch this. I need to talk about this movie. This is a very exciting thing for me is you have somewhere to be after this podcast. I, so you're going to you're going to need to move yeah. us move us along. 
Yeah, and, and I have so much to say. Oh, and, yeah, and, look, you're like, you're all over the place right now. Yeah. You're bouncing in your seat, dude. I know, because I don't even know how to talk about this movie. Like, I've been <laughs> bouncing all week. I've been bouncing all day. Like I said, I have 25 years of stuff to say, and it's I got to try to okay, okay. put that into an hour and a half. All right, I'm, I'm going to take... I'm sure you want to talk as well. I'm going to take a time out here, okay? Okay, um, okay, okay. We're, we're halfway through what I want to say about music, but I can see you're about to explode. So, Dean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know why you wanted to do this movie so bad. This was your idea, yes, your yes. choice. I also wanted to do this. I love it. I'm surprised we didn't do it earlier, but you were like, let's do this this week. Dean, what is it about this movie? Let it out. Um, this movie is, it might be the first time where I felt like, uh, the movie magic when I watched this thing. So like I watched it probably when I was nine, eight or nine, something like that. And I could feel while I was watching it, that it was something special and that I, all I wanted to do was sit there and watch this movie. Like I didn't want to be doing anything else. I just wanted to enjoy the movie. And it's been like one of my favorite movies since then. I've watched it so many times over the year. Every time I watch it, it gets better. It holds up. It really, as you get further along and you become an adult and you start to think about the plot, you're like, what? Why does this movie actually hold up? If I was trying to explain this movie to someone, it would seem a little weird. Um, But it is just so fantastic. Such a great adventure movie. Such a great movie for like a preteen, a 10-year-old, like that's just going to get you into movies. And it was, we've talked about my top 10 before, and I had it slotted in at, uh, I believe, number eight um, before before this week, before revisiting it and taking it all in all week. And uh, I will say it has jumped up in the list. Okay, uh, great. So you, you had mentioned that to me. You said there's some movement in the list. And, and there's always movement in the top 50 list. There's rarely movement in the top 10. Right. So we did this before where I uh, I tried to guess your top 10. It was a, a Jurassic Park episode. Now, yeah. I was racking my brain all day since you told that to me, trying to come up with your list again. Okay. And I believe I have come up with nine of the 10. I could not get wow. one of them. And I believe you mentioned one of them is pretty obscure so that I might not get it uh, the first time. Yeah. I did not get it this time. But let me see if I can get your list in order um with the changes with the changes okay okay wow okay wow so if you do this sir i tip my cap well i I know your top i know what your top five was and i know four in your bottom uh the bottom five but i didn't i didn't remember their position you just told me back to the future was eight so that that works a little bit for me now number one is alien i know that number two is the thing yeah number three is big trouble in little china you got it. Number four is Jaws. You got it. Number five was Endgame. Dean, I want to throw Back to the Future at number five on your list. Tim, you throw Back to the Future at number five on my list, and I threw Back to the yes. Future at number five on my list. Yes. You nailed it, man. You know your brother. I I went through. I worked through it in my head today. You I'm did like, it. Where would he put it? Where could this one fit? And I could see you putting it ahead of Endgame. So then I'm going to put is- Endgame at number six. Yeah. I'm going to put the Matrix at number seven. Is that correct or no? Well, you're missing the one that you're missing. It's right above the Matrix is the one that you're missing. Uh, what is it? It is Blade Runner 2049. Oh, yes. That's the one. Yeah. Of course. It's the weird one yep. in there that just every time I throw it on, it just gives me the feels that I can't deny. That's a great one. That's a great yeah. one. Okay. So 
Seven is Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Eight was Back to the Future. Eight is going to be The Matrix. Correct. Nine is going to be Jurassic Park. Correct. And 10 is Aliens. You got it. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Tim. Wow. All Tim, right. Tip, tip my cap to you. I'm proud. I'm proud of myself. Yes, that was incredible. I can't Blade believe Runner. you got the spot it was going to be in. Number five. No, it's got to be number five because you know what? My top four are just always locked in because they're movies that I, you know, they, they mean something to me. I can just watch them over and over and over again. And this had to fall right below that. This had to be five because this is this is such a big movie for me. This is this is going to be the hardest movie for me to talk about, I think, just because I have so much I want to talk about. Yeah. Well, uh, that's what we're here for today. So oh, great. You're in oh, luck. Perfect. You're in luck. And if this movie, or if this movie, if this podcast has to run for four hours and your plans later are ruined, then so be it. We owe it to the listeners to, to, to give them what they deserve. I, yeah. All right. I, I'm down with that. Okay. Yeah. Let's get back to the music here. Huey Lewis was approached to write a song for the movie, but declined because he didn't know how to write a song for movies. And he also didn't want to write a song called Back to the Future. So Zemeckis quickly assured him that he could write any song he wanted. Didn't have to be Back to the Future. So Huey agreed to submit the very next song that he wrote. And it was The Power of Love. And then he later agreed to submit a a second song. So he was only going to do one, but he agreed to do a second one. And that was the song Back in Time. Okay. Okay. On cinematography is another one of our dudes, Dean Cundy. Oh, yes. So good, man. He, he's our dude from so much stuff. Uh, Jurassic Park, we talked about him. He uh, he did a cameo as a, a boat crewmate in that movie. Yes. He, he did cinematography on Halloween, The Thing, Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, this dude. We love this dude. Love he, this dude. He also has a great name. Yeah, he does. And he has a he does such a great job of like framing monsters and like yes. understanding how to portray monsters on screen. And thank goodness Biff is in this movie, Dean. What a monster. That monster. That Biff is a monster. monster. Biff oh, Dean does such a good job framing Biff in this movie. That he monster. totally does. Okay. Now, uh, a little bit of background here. So Gail and Zemeckis, the writers, they conceived of this movie in 1980. Now, they knew that they wanted to do a movie about time travel, but they were struggling with what the actual narrative would be. Mm. So Gale goes to visit his parents, and he comes across his dad's yearbook. And that gets him thinking, I wonder if me and my dad would have been friends if we went to school together. What a great thought. Great thought. And this helped him come up with the idea of traveling back in time and disrupting the meeting of his parents. Gail and Zemeckis also wanted to go a different route with the way that they told their time travel story. So up until that time, they they found that all the other time travel stories that were out there, nothing affected the future from what was happening when they traveled back in time. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they wanted to tell a story that actually affected things in the future. And as it usually goes with most of these movies that we cover, the first script they come up with, like the first draft of the script, has some serious holes. Right. When the second draft is presented to the production company, they decide to cancel the project altogether. Okay. (laughs) That's it. We're done. 
Well, shit. Well, shit. Um, so then at that point, that script is shopped around to other studios to try to sell oh, interesting. it. interesting. Yeah, okay. It gets rejected more than 40 times. Oh, my goodness. So no one is biting on the script, and Zemeckis ends up moving on to direct Romancing the Stone. Mm-hmm. Now, after that, a third draft of the script is, is finished, and Zemeckis goes to Steven Spielberg for help on this one. Now, Steven Spielberg is um, kind of, I don't know, famous is the right word, but he's, he's known for helping Zemeckis kind of get going in his career. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think the previous two movies, Spielberg helped Zemeckis get them off the ground. Zemeckis wanted to do this one all by himself. He didn't want Spielberg's help, but Spielberg had recently at this time opened his own production company. So Zemeckis yeah. kind of said, he realized like, I need to go to Spielberg. He's got his production company. I need help yeah. with this. Yeah, the other the other two movies were kind of a flop. So he didn't want to go back to Spielberg again and be like, well, if this one's a flop again, then it's, you know, it's like going to bring your name down. It's going to bring my name down. Like I'm basically nothing if I can't do this thing on my own. Yeah. But then because, yeah, because Spielberg has the studio, he's like, well, or the I, I guess I should do it with him. <laughs> I guess I can do it if I do it with him. I, um. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, I can't remember if they were, like, do you know for sure that the other two were flops? Yeah, yeah. They were, um... They're comedies. They were box office flops, but but yes. people really They're liked the movies. movies. They were they were yeah. good movies. They got a lot of, like, respect, like, critical respect. But yeah, yeah. they didn't do so well at the, at the box office. Yeah, but I uh, want to hold your hand and used cars. Used cars, which has our buddy, Kurt Russell, in it. I think Zemeckis just wanted to, like, step out of Spielberg's shadow. But he for he, sure he didn't yeah. he didn't in this one. He didn't want to be just the buddy of Spielberg who, you know, Spielberg just gives him movies. He wanted to prove himself. Right. Which Romancing the Stone he did because Spielberg was not on that one. So it's even easier to go back to Spielberg after having a successful movie that you did on your own. Right. And at this point, he was just kind of looking for Spielberg to produce. Right. Like he wasn't for looking, sure. yeah. like going to Spielberg and saying like to Spielberg, who is a director saying like, I need your help. Can you talk to some people for me? He just went to him and he's like, do you want to help produce this movie? Right. Exactly. Yeah. At this point they have, you know, the next draft of the script, which is a lot tighter. And uh, Spielberg is, he's on board. He likes it. So they're at the point where they need to get a lead actor on board and they want Michael J. Fox because of his role on family ties which is a great show. I love it. It is. He, he it does is such a great show. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen a couple episodes and I just absolutely love them. The producer of Family Ties is asked to pass on the script for Back to the Future to Michael J. Fox, but the producer is worried that Michael will accept and it will damage the success of Family Ties. So he doesn't actually pass on the script. Yeah. So the studio goes on to cast Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly. This is a different guy. Yep. You you would you would know this guy. Look this dude up on IMDb. You will know who he is. You will recognize his face. He you will even oh go ahead. No, go, you, go ahead. you go ahead. I was just gonna say you'll even be able to find pictures of him with uh Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown because they shot some of this movie with him in it. Some of his body parts are still in the movie. Yes, yeah, some of his body parts are still in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> is, wait, Tim, is this the Halloween episode again? <laughs> Oh, maybe. Some I'll of his do body parts one. are in the movie. I'll do another one right now. Don't don't tempt me. I'll 
I'll get spooky and creepy around here. No, Tim, that's that's over. It's over. You, we okay. got to do it next year. Okay, next year. That's so far away. Uh, after a couple weeks of filming, it becomes obvious that Stoltz is not the right choice, Dean. Uh, and they are able to secure Michael J. Fox for the role. But they have to accommodate his role on Family Ties. Mm-hmm. So he films Family Ties every day from 10 to 6. And then runs back over to the... Or, or skateboards back over to the Back to the Future set <laughs> for the evening Hanging shoots. on the back of cars. <laughs> yeah, he tailgates <laughs> back to the Back to the Future lot. And does evening shoots sometimes all night. Must have been 20 years old. Remember when you were 20, Tim, Man. and you didn't have to sleep? I know. But you just didn't have to do it. Knowing this info, when I rewatched it this time, there yeah. were a couple scenes where he looked so tired. Oh, yeah. I felt He's got very, so like, squirrely energy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I got for background. So That's great, Tim. Let's get to the movie, Dean. Let's get to the movie, Tim. Let's do it all. Oh, let's do this it. Okay, is, okay. This is the point where I let you talk a little bit about, about the movie, but we had to do that about five minutes ago because you couldn't yeah. contain yourself. So we, I couldn't. Can, it was we can get right into it. Tim is exploding out of the front of my shirt. <laughs> oh, you got a Back to the Future shirt. That's amazing. Whoa. Thanks, man. Thanks, dude, man. that's an amazing shirt. We should put that shirt. on Instagram. Take a picture of it. Okay, I will. Uh, we'll post that on Instagram. What a cool yeah. shirt, man. That's that's I love that so much because I think the actual effects when the car like breaks the time barrier is so like amazing. Like the effects are so neat. And yeah, I know they so struggled. Cool. They had a lot of trouble trying to figure out what those effects should look like. And they ended up doing just like this weird like combination of things. And I think that's what your shirt is going for. It's like that yeah. time travel effect on like steroids or something. I love it. Totally. Okay. Really fun opening scene to the movie where we we get to watch some feet walking into a house we see a bunch of uh, electronics on timers like just uh doing their own thing uh, someone clearly hasn't been there for a while right and mm-hmm. um this automatic dog food opener dude this was always my favorite for some reason i don't know why oh yeah i don't know why it's just i always so... love that that scene it's so disgusting when it pours out. Like they made it, it sure look is. so gross. It sure is. It looks like diarrhea. I think it was because when I saw this movie, something like that was like that. That was future. That was the future, dude. That was futuristic. Yeah. And nobody had yeah. um, um, something to feed your pet on a timer. You know, they no. do now. They've got like cat food containers that just open up and like a certain amount of cat food falls out every day. But I was like, mom, I was blown away. I was like, dude, that is the future right there. That's amazing. Totally. And it just sticks out in your mind. Like, I remember that. I remember, like, knowing, like, recognizing that scene as a kid. If it was ever on TV and they just started with that, and I was like, I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, this is Back to the Future because of the gross dog food, (laughs) like, because of that machine, that it was so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to talk, like, a lot about how great this script is and how great it is at setting up moments, leaving them... Like like setting up a moment, but then leaving it in the past and then getting to it later in the movie and, oh. and just paying off and paying off and paying off. And it all starts with this opening scene. And it kind of starts, they give you a quick um, setup and payoff right away with the plutonium commercial where there's like the TV turns on. There's a news reporter talking about stolen plutonium. Yep. Marty comes in, all right, these feet come in <laughs> and puts down the skateboard, kicks the skateboard, and it rolls into a box of plutonium underneath the bed. Right away, set up payoff. Yeah, I 100% agree. The whole like front section of the movie 
in 1985 is setting yeah. you up for going back to 1955 where yeah. all the payoffs are. It's amazing. This this script is so damn tight. I can't so even good. believe it. There is I know. nothing. This reminds me of like a movie when I was thinking about it. This reminds me of like the seventh voyage of Sinbad where everything is so tight in the script. Like yeah. nothing is not there for a reason. Everything, you couldn't take anything out of this movie. Because everything yeah. is there for a reason. There is one thing, actually. There's one thing that doesn't make sense. We'll get to it. But yeah, it, it's like when I was thinking about how we're gonna go, how we're gonna walk through this, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I know. I'm on a time, I'm on a time crunch here, and I'm like, well, we could probably talk for four hours about this movie because we ha almost have to go through everything because the script is yeah. so tight. But yes, I do love the payoffs. They all uh, they set them up. They, they set up the bowling pins early. They, they knock them down late and we are yes. just like holding on and loving it. It's, it's so yes. such, I, I'm, I'm blown away that the script failed. I guess I'm, maybe I'm blown away that it failed. And then I'm also not blown away at the same time because, uh, it probably failed for the, the these reasons, like, um, these payoffs weren't coming or they weren't happening. Right. So right. they needed to like do however many redrafts to make everything super tight and in a time travel movie, of course, all that stuff matters, right? Like you can't yeah. have something not making sense because that's immediately going to pull somebody out of the movie. So everything has to make sense. This is, yeah. this is, this is, I don't know. This is one of the tightest time travel movies or shows or anything I've ever seen. It's just, For it's sure. got to be top three of any sort of time travel. There's just nothing, nothing is wrong with this. For sure. I mean, the screenplay gets an Oscar nomination for a reason. Um, it's well-deserved. It, it's like I said before, if you were to just explain what the story of this movie is, you, it doesn't make any sense that it would be a film that everybody loves. It doesn't make any sense because it like, it's, it's just so obscure and weird, but they pay, like there's all these, all these setups and payoffs that they do in the movie. That is kind of like a magic trick. Like I kind of forget how weird this story actually is because I am just, along for the ride. Like, I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. Distracted almost by all the great stuff going around mm. about how weird the story is. Yeah, I think along with the amazing script, you get, you, you put the, the acting performances in there. 100%. And, and then you put in like the music and you put in just everything that goes into it and the script being as tight as it is with these other things going on, it's like, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's the in-between moments. So yeah, the script is great. The storyline is great. But why it's so good is those moments in between as we're going through the script. So it's like the subtle jokes that they're making. It's yeah. the subtle things that they're showing us that you kind of have to be paying attention to catch um, some of the time. Some of the time they just throw it in your face. But yeah, um, yeah I don't, I don't, it's the, like you said, it's like the, if you were to, like outline this movie in one minute, it's going to sound terrible because yeah. that the basic story is not what makes this movie so good. It's yeah. the full story with the performances and the dialogue and the way people are delivering lines. It's the whole package that yeah. makes this what it is. So yeah, yeah I, I get that. Nobody's going to want to see this if you give them like a, a short synopsis, right? It's a, this is a, it's a full experience. 
Yeah. It's like, like if I say if it's, it's a magic trick, like you said, there's the acting and there's the score. Like the acting is the smoke, the scores, the mirrors, and the magic trick doesn't work without them. If you just say what happens in a magic trick doesn't work. You can't explain it to someone. They won't yeah. be blown away. But when they see this, like when, when the actual trick happens and you watch it, it's like, wow, that was incredible. How did we get here? Right. Good one. So yeah, you mentioned it. Marty, uh, Marty's the one who comes in the, in the house. It's his feet. He, he goes on to overload one of the biggest speakers I've ever seen in my life. Amazing. It was insane. I never understood what was going on as a kid uh, in this no, scene. No, but... the biggest speaker with the smallest guitar. Yeah, I was like, aren't speakers built to have sound come out of them? Like, why did this one <laughs> yeah. blow? But on this rewatch, Doc says that there's some sort of imbalance yeah. or something. So it did make sense this time. Now, um, the Doc, we, we don't know who he is yet, but I'm already talking about him. But Doc calls the house. Yeah his own house to talk to Marty and asks Marty to meet him later that night. And then the power of love kicks in, dude. And I yes, am, dude. I am pumped up. Like I'm dude. pumped up, dude. I am fucking amped. I'm so glad you said this. The power of love kicks in. Marty gets on a skateboard. He kicks open the gate. He starts tailgating behind cars on his skateboard to get to school. This is the fucking coolest guy i've ever seen before i instantly want to be him and i just like yes like i watch him do this while the power of love is playing just getting to school this is all i want to be watching he is the best yeah it's fun and on his skateboard to school they do a lot of these setups for later uh that you're talking about yeah so we learn who the mayor of the town is right now we learn that the school is covered in graffiti and run down and then we learn that the principal doesn't like Marty very much and also didn't like his dad. So, and also doesn't like Doc. I don't think he likes anything. Let's be <laughs> he honest. He kind of doesn't like anything. Doesn't like hair. <laughs> he hates hair, Tim. Hates hair. Tim. I mean, you and me both don't really like hair very much. I love hair. I just <laughs> struggle to cultivate it on my head. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. Now, we also learn that the clock tower needs saving. It was hit by lightning 30 years ago. We learn Marty has a hot girlfriend and we find out his dad's a bit of a loser because we quickly meet George McFly and Biff at the same time. Yes. Yes. Now Biff is very upset because he borrowed George's car and he crashed it because George didn't tell him about a blind spot that it had. And yeah, come on. Biff, what the hell? Biff spilled some beer on his new jacket. His new suit. I mean, right. Come on. Who's going to pay for that suit? Who's going to pay beer yeah, while yeah. he was driving? Come on, Jeez. George. Seriously, George. Really? Tell, yeah. tell people about a blind spot, right? Um, okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just like, it's, 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 it's great uh, story building here because um, uh, I guess George is, or sorry, Biff is George's superior. Yeah. And George just has to take anything that Biff's throwing at him. He's like, he's Biff, Biff punching bag, just has to eat it up. Right. And, yeah. um, he's, he's like in a situation like this, like, dude, okay. So what you're telling me is you were drunk driving my car and you crashed yeah. it. But, yeah. uh, obviously that's a situation that in, in any like modern day, that's not going to fly. But this guy, George is such, they're, they're building him up as such a wimp, like such a pathetic character yes. that he's just taking it all. He's like, he's apologizing. He's such a he's such a pushover. And what I noticed is that he also he's kind of inside his own head. Like he almost doesn't really care. He's getting pushed over and his is just kind of life to him. 
Like he, it's not like he's a super depressed guy that he's being picked on. He's just like, yeah, he's my superior. That's what your superior does to you. And he's sort of a guy who's just stuck in his own head and he doesn't really express a lot. That's a good point. Yep. We meet Marty's mother, Lorraine, and she looks busted. She Jeez, looks busted, busted. Looks bu- which I think is like another good point of why uh, it's good that George is kind of just not super sad sacked because Lorraine at this point is sad sacked. Yeah. Now, Lorraine doesn't like Marty's girlfriend, Jennifer, because Jennifer's chasing Marty around too much. And you know what, Dean? Girls shouldn't do that. No, definitely not. We learned that Lorraine's dad hit George with his car, and that's how they initially met. Right. Uh, Lorraine felt sorry for George and fell in love with him. Now... I am really appreciating for 85, the old person makeup that they've done in this movie. Totally. It looks amazing now. Yeah. Uh, They didn't have to do a lot with Doc. I think they just didn't really try very much. Like this dude looks like he's either um, 40 or 70. We can't tell. So we don't, they barely did any makeup on it. They did like a little bit of neck makeup in uh, the year 85. And then, uh, Back in 55, I don't know, he like he looks, his hair's the same, his face looks the same, he looks, everything looks, he looks the same. He looks exactly the same. You know what's really weird? I watched, lately, I watched Clue, which is either the same year or, I think it's the exact same year. I think it's 1985. And he looks so young. He looks actually 40. So they made him look like this in this movie. Okay. Interesting. I think the, I think it's the white hair that really does it for him because like yeah. he has dark hair and clue and he looks like he just looks young. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That would make sense then. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to say, I love what Crispin Glover is doing right here with George McFly. I think his performance is underrated. I think he's one of the best things in the movie. He is so weird. Oh, I'm with you. Um, I love his ticks, his movements, yeah. his everything, the way he delivers every single line. I underrated performance. Uh, I, I think he's oh, incredible. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole cast that came out of this saying that, yeah. um, like, his perform he's a comedic genius basically they're saying he's like his performance yeah. was comedic genius. N- none of them had really, like like really seen anything like that before, and they just when asked about you know your your cast, they just they all would go to Crispin Glover and say that guy is a genius. Awesome. Awesome. And it's like all the pieces kind of fall together with all the actors. Like Michael J. Fox is so likable and that is so key, so key in the movie. So I like that you have this Crispin Glover guy doing his weird thing um, to like counteract that. Yeah. And Crispin Glover is so different than that in real life that that's where like his performance is like makes it so much better than what you might think. Like, no need. I don't know. I can't, when I was younger, I, I saw that and I'm like, okay, well, I think that whoever played that guy is just kind of like that. Yeah, I guess I that, 100% that's like a thing. That. I, I thought he was just like that. When you're younger, you think people maybe yeah. aren't, you don't even understand what acting is. You just think people are like that. Like, oh, he's like right. that in real life and he's just doing that in the movie. Um, you learn differently, but he's very, he is a very eccentric guy. Uh, so knowing that, and if you can see him in interviews, he really is putting on an amazing performance in this movie. It's it's yeah. really great. So, uh, I I do love it. I think he's he's the star for me. Totally. I'd say yeah, I honestly I'd, I'd say him, and then I'm gonna say uh, Leah Thompson after that. 
she, yeah. she's she's right behind him for the for the stuff she does for the for her ticks the way that she's playing um this like head over heels in love uh person for most of it yeah and then like christopher lloyd next and then like yeah. michael j fox fourth even though that guy i love that guy i know like, i know right it's just it's just four powerhouses right now yeah it's it's true yeah i'm with you on that rating i do i do i do the yeah. same where do we put biff biff i guess is not he's after marty He's five. Yeah. He's also so, so yeah, good. He's really good. To be like the brute, but like who's menacing and dumb kind of without being like obviously dumb. Yeah. You know, he's he's more like, it, it's more like accidentally dumb. Like it, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> oh, Dean, slow down, please. Stop. I know. Stop I'm just like, I feel like I'm going to riff now and just talk about something else. Yeah, I don't yeah, want ru- to we'll spoil the there. story. We're going to get to all yeah. of it. Just, okay. just relax, cool. buddy. Relax. Oh, We're going to get to all sweating. of it. Don't worry. You'll get to say everything. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. If you need to have another beer, go ahead. Have another okay. beer. I, Calm I down. I've been waiting. I've been waiting to crack it here. Okay. Okay. Just relax. Okay. Take some deep breaths. Have a big sip. Now, it's later that evening and Marty goes to meet Doc Brown. They're at a shopping mall in the parking lot. Uh, the Twin Pines Mall, it's called. Now, mm-hmm. Doc Brown makes a dramatic entrance. Dean, what do you think about Tim. this entrance of Doc? Yes, Tim. Oh, man, you're just hitting on everything I want to talk about. Doc, this is the first, we've heard his voice, but this is the first time we see him in the movie. This, like, amazing music swells and plays and a car rolls out of the back of, like, a trailer. And we're like, what's going on? This is this car looks cool. And then he just comes fumbling and bumbling out of the door hits his head on it and he has <laughs> i love that the first thing he does is hits his head on hit his the door head. hit his head on the door because those doors are stupid how can you have those suicide doors or whatever you call them i don't know those wing doors hits his head on it and he is at a thousand percent right away yeah. <laughs> and i am digging this old man I like it. He's a likable old man. He is a likable man. He is incredible. Man, talk about comedic timing. He has it. Christopher Lloyd has it as Doc Brown. This is so good. He does. This is my favorite Christopher Lloyd role. Yeah, and he's got a lot and of great ones, got, but I'm with exactly. you. This is my he's this is my number one. Great ones. Yeah. Now you mentioned the music kicks in really hard. Oh yeah. This is the first point in the movie where the score actually kicks in. This is the very yeah. first time we hear the score. So so Doc, the Doc asks Marty to start recording with his camcorder and he puts his dog Einstein into the DeLorean and sends Einstein one minute into the future. Mm-hmm. And this is a very cool scene because the Doc's got like the remote control for the car. Yes. But yes. He's, he's, he's like, it's hooked up to a real car and he's like ripping it around the parking lot and he like sets it up on the other side of the parking lot, pointing right yeah. at them. And starts driving it towards him and Marty. And Marty, like as it gets close, Marty starts to like try to get out of the way. And Doc pulls him back in, and he gets it up to eighty-eight miles an hour. And that uh, that sucker kicks into gear and yeah. does the whole. I'm looking at your shirt right now. Does all the effects yeah. and disappears. Yes, because like it, put yourself in Marty's position. He hasn't explained to him what it what what's going to happen. Oh, and I know so, it's crazy. It's like it's a, like, it's like d- dude, uh, Marty. We're going to commit suicide together. We're going to run over yeah, by my car, and my dog's exactly. going to die too. You know what could be the scientific experiment? Just that he hooked up this car to a remote control. Ooh, that could yeah, be good it. one. Good one. And then he sends it over, and he says the line: "When this baby hits eighty eight miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit." And I, at this moment, am like, was that the greatest line I've ever heard in a movie? So 
good when he says serious shit. And we did see some serious shit. Oh my goodness, we did. Now, a couple of quick things to, to point out. Um, the dog was at a time going to be a, a chimp. And luckily, oh, it weird. was switched to a dog. Thank goodness. Yes, thank goodness. Oh and, my goodness. Uh, also, the speedometer on the DeLorean was faked because at that time, there was a law against cars going faster than 85 miles an hour because oh, I guess there were speeding issues. So they had to actually put a special speedometer in there to wow. show 88 because cool. cars could go faster than 85, but the speedometer would stop at 85. So oh, interesting. They had to customize cool, cool, the cool. DeLorean yeah, yeah. for that. Yeah. But one minute later, Dean, Einstein the dog returns safe and sound. Okay. The doc explains the process of what happened here. He uh, talks about the flux capacitor, the 1.21 gigawatts, uh, the plutonium that he needed to make it happen. He lets us know that he ripped off the Libyan terrorists to get the plutonium and that the doc is ready to take a trip 25 years into the future. Now, yes. unfortunately, though, the Libyan terrorists don't take too kindly to getting ripped off. And they've, no. they've tracked down the doc. I don't know how they found them, but they found them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> they, they come out guns a blazing and they shoot the shit out of Doc. Holy Doc shit, is fucking what the dead. What's going on in this movie? Doc is dead. He's he gets dead. cut down in the parking They've lot. Killed him at Twin Pines Mall. What's going they on? Fucking killed him. I don't know what to make of, of it. At, I don't know what to make of the movie at this point. I'm just like, well, no. what's going on? Totally. What am is I, going on? Am I allowed to be at this movie? Like when I'm in the theater as a kid, I'm like, am I allowed to be here? Yeah. This is. This just seems aggressive and violent seems wrong wrong. yeah Yeah. seems wrong so marty he jumps into the delorean to escape the gunfire he speeds up to 88 miles an hour and disappears and then reappears in a field in the middle of nowhere and runs over a scarecrow and then crashes into a barn yes and just one thing when we make this transition I think it's really cool, really important that we're making the transition in the car with Marty. So it's just, we see the camera on the dashboard as him like going towards that, um, like in the parking lot, going towards that little hut thing. And then all of a sudden it's cut to and he's in a field. So we're still on the dashboard and he's just all of a sudden in a field. Sure. Yeah. So cinematography, Dean Cundy, thank you for that one. Good call. Because I think later we're going to do something else. And I think it's really cool and important. Okay. Now, foreshadowing. Now, Dean, I wanted to know at this point in the movie, like try to remember back to the first time you saw it, if you can. Yeah. What are you yeah. thinking at this point in the movie? This is a very like this is a very uh, like special moment in the movie where I know. where we this is the first time we're kind of actually seeing the like the actual time travel happening, like Marty going back in time, but at the moment it happens. I remember thinking, I'm not sure if this is true, if this has actually happened. So I was wondering if you can recall the first time you were seeing it and what you were thinking. I was so young when I saw it. Like, I was probably around your age, too, when I saw it for the first time. And it's so hard to remember as a kid. As a kid, I'm not really following the plot anyways, you know, as as that's happening. So I'm just, like, I realize that he has traveled back in time. um, But I don't really know... Like, so at this point, if I can, if I can 
think about where we're going to go from here, it is that we are going to have to get back to 1985, and that's the conflict of the movie. Like, that's what I find myself thinking at this point. Okay, we traveled through time, we escaped the immediate danger we were in, and now we're going to have to figure out a way to get back. And Doc has already mentioned, oh, he forgot to pack plutonium. How the hell is he going to get back? And he was gunned down before they could get plutonium. So I already know there's going to be some sort of conflict to get back to 1985. Yeah, I saw this when I was seven. I saw it in theater. I don't think I knew a lot of what was going on. I was just kind of like following along, like laughing at things I thought was funny, laughing when you know, dad laughed and just trying to play yeah. along. But I, I think there were a ton of things that I missed. Um, it's not a very hard movie to follow along with, but I guess when you're seven, it is a little bit tougher, you know? Yeah. When, when I started to like collect DVDs, I went out and got this, um, this set. I watched it actually on my DVD set, not a Blu-ray set. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah. So it's my, my original DVD set I got when I was a teenager. And, uh, that is when I really fell back in love with it and started to really like, figure out what was going on and how smart the movie was. So that's that's sort of when I made revelations like, okay, at this point in the movie, if I was an adult maybe watching it for the first time, that's the conflict. The conflict is getting back. Mm, yes, like that's, yes. that's all it's going to be. That's all it's going to be is the conflict is getting back to 1985. Yeah. D- Dad was probably really annoyed with me just like pulling on his shirt like, oh, for sure. What's going on? Where are they now? Where yeah. did the city go? <laughs> um, totally. And... Our father loves this movie. He does love this movie. I remember him yeah. laughing in the theater so hard at this so he many times. It. He loves Crispin Glover in this. Oh, nice. Just yeah. like we do. That would probably be his number one. Mm-hmm. Now, I did want to say something. You just reminded me. So I went to watch this movie. I was very excited. It was the night to watch it. I went to, I've, I purchased the um, the Blu-ray threesome set. And yes, I went I, I went to went to go get it. I'm like, this is great. I could not find it. I do not own it. Oh no, Tim. I think what happened was I bought that for somebody else as Uh, like a birthday or Christmas gift. So I have the memory of purchasing it, but it didn't stay with me. And then I don't know, this is probably like the greatest movie that I don't own. Like I cannot think of another movie that I would want to watch that is so good that I don't have access to. And I started to panic. I was like, oh my goodness, what I, what am I going to do here? As like, luckily this was on um, Netflix. Um, But I was really looking forward to that Blu-ray experience. I wanted to see how the transfer was. It was awful on Netflix. It was, it was fucking terrible. Uh, Like, I don't even know if the audio was lined up correctly. Like the, I feel like the audio and the the score was off a little bit. Anyways, I I was able to watch it. Uh, I didn't have time to order it, uh, you know, to, to get it in time, but uh, yeah, I just, I couldn't believe I didn't own this movie. Totally. Yeah. uh, I like the idea of uh, the greatest movie you don't own. Yeah. This is it. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to think of mine. Okay, cool. Stay tuned. Wait, I can't think of that. I got to do this. Well, no, don't, don't think of it right now, but okay, let us know understand. if it comes to you at some point. Yeah, I'll let you know. So this uh, Marty's crashed in, into this barn and the farm owner comes out, thinks Marty's an alien. Oh, great. Starts shooting at him. And uh, that's a funny scene, you know. It's so funny. The kid 
so they 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 go there first and then they all run back to the house because they think he's an alien yeah and then the kid comes running out and he says he's already started to mutate right. into human form he's got the comic book he's got like he's uh, got the, tale, the tales book. from space comic book that has a, an alien that looks like yes. marty's plutonium suit on it plutonium suit. so he thinks it's so marty's flipped up the the visor and he thinks marty has already started is an alien yeah. and has started to mutate into human form yeah and then the the dad there says you know take that you mutated son of a bitch amazing yeah. yeah so marty takes off in the car drives over one of this dude's pine trees and then quickly realizes that something is not right so mm-hmm. he sees the street that he lives on but it's only just starting to be constructed yeah so he ditches the delorean and walks two miles to to the town of hill valley now right. this is another thing when i was a kid i didn't understand where he's walking to or why he's walking but totally yeah it makes sense now. It's just, it's it's city sprawl, right? Like 30 years ago, the city hadn't developed that far out of town to where yeah. his street was. But totally. after 30 years, the city expanded, got further and further, further out. So his, because um, he, he left from Twin Pines Mall, right? So you'd expect him to True. land at yeah. Twin Pines Mall, but there's nothing there. It's just, it's just fields. Yeah. So something that Doc set up with his dialogue, you know, as they're at the mall, he just says, this used to be, Old man Peabody's yeah. like farm or whatever, like just another like yeah. setup, and now we're there. Yeah, he uh, old man Peabody wanted to breed pine trees. Yeah, <laughs> breeding pine trees. Marty ran ran over one of them. That's he why did. Peabody's so so pissed off. He killed one of yeah. his pines. You son of a bitch! He screams and he runs over his. You pine. mutating son of a bitch! <laughs> I love that they think, they just think he was an alien and that he started to mutate into human form. It makes sense, dude. It makes sense. So fucking great, man. If I'm alive in 55, I'm thinking the same thing. If I'm reading Tales from Space, dude, and that guy shows up. Yeah. Which is why it's great that he's in a DeLorean because it looks like a space, space machine. Like, totally. Okay. So I thought DeLoreans were super cool because of this movie. Like, I did not know that it's kind of a joke that they were completely useless. They were shit cars. But that's the they were reason shit cars. The reason they chose this car is because yeah. of the the way the doors opened. Yeah. I'm not Perfect. sure what you, what you call that. I, I, I don't know if it's butterfly door. Not, I don't think butterfly. Yeah, I think butterfly is like the way the Lamborghini suicides. opens. Suicide no, means it suicide. opens from the front and up. Yeah, it's not suicide. Or, or, is that wing, suicide? But is it butterfly? Mostly, butterfly then? It might be butterfly because it's it's not so. Yeah. I don't Anyways, know. Anyways, they chose the DeLorean because of the way the doors opened that it would look like a spaceship. That's why they chose it. Perfect. It's Mustang so was willing to pay them a bunch of money to have the Mustang be the car, but they refused oh, okay. because they needed it to look like a spaceship. Right. And then they uh, the line, you're telling me you made a time machine out of a Mustang? Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't work. work as much. doesn't work. No. Yeah. doesn't quite roll off the tongue as much. No, no. Um, so they're in Hill Valley now. And what a, what an amazing job of remaking the fifties. Oh my like goodness. Marty just gets making town, it so, just making it look like so nice. Yeah. It's very nice. That's, that's the yeah. thing. Like they, the, the, these early scenes that they set up are now paying off. Right. So, um, everything's clean. You know, the cars yeah. are nice. The buildings are nice and clean. Um, but Marty finds a newspaper with the date on it. And it says November 5th, 1955. So now we know well, this is real. Shit. Now we know what's happening. He's gone yes. back in time for real. He goes to a parlor and finds Doc Brown's number from a phone book. Okay. Rips it out, keeps it. And then he meets his dad, George and Biff in the parlor. 
Yes. Now, I mean, this scene, oh, this this has got to oh. be one of the greatest scenes in the movie. They drop so many hilarious jokes. And uh, it's I, I feel like it just sets up so much because we've already seen this relationship with George and Biff in the future. And it's the exact same relationship with them in the past. So yes. I can see you um, bubbling over here, Dean. Uh, let us have it. I just want to say there's a number of things in this movie that are like that that I think like that is so genius that moment and the scene when Biff walks in and says McFly and they both turn is just one of those moments. It's so quick. It's so fast. And it is so good because you don't know. You don't know that that's his dad sitting right beside him. And then all of a sudden they both turn and you it starts to click and you're like, oh my goodness, this is what's happening right now. He is in a time when his parents are young. Unreal. Yeah, it's great. And on this rewatch, I just noticed for the first time, Billy Zane is one of the dudes in Biff's crew. Totally. <laughs> yes, totally. That's awesome. That's cool. Oh, I, I, this just came to mind. I also like when he's going through the phone book and he's looking for Doc Brown and he points, he sees his name and he says, thank God you're alive. It means he still doesn't know what's going on, right? Because obviously yes. Doc Brown is alive. He's gone 30 years in the past. Like that guy's like 70 or 80 years old. So he's obviously still alive. So it just clues into me that he's still going to be confused about things because he doesn't quite get what had happened. Yeah, that's a good point because I have a note later on about him still not understanding what's going on. After being yeah. being in the past for how many, however many days, he still doesn't understand it. So yeah. that's, that's cool. So Marty... Um, after that scene, I mean, there's so much stuff we could talk about in that oh, one it's, scene, it's fine. but yeah. we can't, we can't, we're already running late, but Marty follows George to Lorraine's house and Lorraine's dad hits Marty instead of George. So now Lorraine yes. falls in love with Marty and then starts to get fun. It's, it starts to get really fun, really weird, but really just fun. Yeah. So they, they make us think that Marty's having a nightmare, that he's in the normal time and he's having a nightmare. He's yeah. like talking to his mother. Um, but, uh, they turn the lights on and his mother's young. So this is, yes. this is the past. Like this is really happening. So it's not a nightmare. And, um, she took his pants off and put them on her hope chest. She took his pants off. She took his pants off. Dude, dude, off. I am 100% sure she snuck a peek at his goods. And that's why she fell oh, for in sure. love. That's why she fell in love. For sure. Tim. That's the Tim. power of love, Dean. That's the power. Do you think... <laughs> Do you think you could actually take someone's pants off without their underwear coming down? No way. No way. <laughs> well, but if you could, I think, I, I I don't know. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. But what she for surely did was she she snuck a peek. She snuck a she peek snuck, at the good. She definitely snuck a peek. 100%. And like every time it flashes to Leah Thompson Young here, I'm like, oh my goodness. It throws me back to like that old, that old makeup she had on at yeah. the beginning. And it's like, wow, yeah. I can't believe that's the same person. She looks I way know. younger than I was expecting. Um, we love Leah Thompson on this podcast. She looks so good in this movie. Oh, dude. Uh, also, I wanted to say there was one part where when they, when they, uh, in the production, when they fired that Eric Stoltz guy, yeah. they needed the crew um, on set to tell them that this guy's been fired and that um, they're hiring someone new, but they wouldn't tell people like over the phone. They're like, you have to come to set. We have some unfortunate news. Okay. So everybody yeah. thought they were getting fired. Right? Oh no. And Leah Thompson <laughs> was out of the country at the time for like, she thought she had a long weekend and they oh, called no. her in from out of the country. I have a question for you, Dean. She was out yes. of the country with her boyfriend at that time. Okay. 1985. 
Okay. Or 84, somewhere around. I think it was 85. It was, would have been 85. 1985. Dean, who is Leah Thompson's boyfriend in 1985? And if you think about this, you can get it. Is it Dennis Quaid? Yes, it is. It's yes, Dennis Quaid. No way. Yes. That's amazing. Good job, dude. I oh, was going to, they... if you were struggling, I was going to play Password with you. Nice. Do you know how to play Password? <laughs> Oh, definitely. Yeah, was, and you're going to say cocaine. Exactly, dude. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> he was so coked up at this time. I can't believe they were a couple. That's amazing. He's That's probably so like 15 or 20 years older than her, maybe, or just yeah, looked at from, yeah. from coke abuse. I don't know. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, okay. Marty spends a bit of time here at Lorraine's house. Lots of funny things happen. Um, they drop a whole bunch of like in the future jokes. Uh, yeah. Lorraine's dad just bought a TV. Like they just got the TV for the first time. And Marty says, uh, yeah, they have two of them. And yeah. uh, they think he's joking because nobody can afford two TVs. I really like that. The mother thinks Marty looks familiar and asks if uh, she knows his mother, <laughs> which is great. He's like, uh, yeah, she's trying to have sex with me right now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then after Marty runs out of the house uh, to avoid like these sexual advances from Lorraine, the dad uh, calls Marty an idiot and says his parents must be idiots too. And then tells Lorraine that she better not ever have a kid like that. It's just so much like great comedy going on. It's just, oh, I love just it. eating it up. I love it. I love the idea already of going back and being in the same time as your parents and like wondering if you would be friends with them. Like what were they like when they were young, but having you go back in time and then have your mom have the hots for you. It's like, Oh, this thing that I was just thinking about that would be cool. Just turned into a nightmare. And I think it is brilliant and so fun. Yeah. That's the reason Disney passed. Was that? Yes. Yes. I heard this. That's the reason Disney passed because yeah, no, no way uh mom mom liking the uh, having the hots for the sun would be would fly and yeah. i just want to say michael j fox um is really what makes this work um he is just just the lightness that he brings to this this role and how weirded out he is by all this happening like he's still a teen and he's still kind of like doesn't want to be rude to anyone and he doesn't just want to like push her away or anything but he's really always backing away, you know, falling off the bed when she's trying to touch him. And it's just, he's so weirded out by it and that I think it just works so perfectly. Yeah. He, he plays a great role. He's perfect. He plays a great, he plays a great role. Yeah. Uh, while Disney, while Disney backed out because they thought it was too raunchy, most of the other studios backed out because they didn't think it was raunchy enough because the movies hitting at that time were way more raunchy than this one. And I think that's actually kind of a, a good point about um, the tone. I think the tone of the movie um, being an 80s comedy when like there were some sex comedies coming out and then you would have parents saying, oh, you know, we never we never watched those things when we were kids. We never did that stuff. Like Lorraine says in, in, the, in the future, oh, I never would have called a boy or parked with a boy. And then we go back and she's a horn dog just like everyone else is. It's like, yeah, you know what? That happened. Your parents were like that. And I think it's a really cool commentary even just on what your parents are dishing you and how they actually were when they were young. Totally. And guess what? You'll never pick that up as a kid, but when you're an adult, no. that's when you pick yeah. up on it. It's it's great. Exactly, it's which great. is which is perfect. Yeah. That's what keeps it a family film, but it's in like that's when you're trying to describe it to someone and you're like this I can't describe this to you. How is this a family film? Yeah. So Marty heads over to younger Doc Brown's house and explains everything that's happened to him. And Doc is resistant at first, but when Marty brings up the flux capacitor, that gets his attention and he he believes him. Now, 
Marty's got this picture of him and his siblings, and it's starting to disappear. So we learn that Marty is now being erased from existence. Now, I, th- I thought this was a really smart way of kind of showing that as yeah. he's changing the past, um, he's kind of uh, affecting his future. Now, Marty and Doc bring the DeLorean back to Doc's house. They, um, Marty had stored it, but they go and get it and bring it back. And Marty shows Doc the video from the night that he went back in time. Now, this is where we get the great 1.21 gigawatts reaction from, from Doc yes. when he hears yes. he hears him say it. He's like, well, what did I just say? Rewind it. What did I just say? And he just goes off with his, one of the greatest lines ever, in my opinion. One of the greatest so freakouts, well one of delivered. the greatest line. So good. So good. Yeah. So uh, the Doc, he's like, well, that's great. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure that uh, he has a hilarious line about plutonium. Like, oh, I'm sure in 1985, yes. you can just walk into any corner store and get plutonium. But uh, in 55, we just don't have that. And yeah, the only way to do that is with a bolt of lightning, right? But yes. you don't know when one is ever going to hit. But we do. We do know. That's great. It's perfect. We do know. This is one of the genius moments. Is this genius, is yeah. probably the most genius moment for me. I always I always come back when it hits this part. I'm just like, how do you write this? It's I the super think it's tight so, script. So, it's the super so tight, tight. I think it's so, so great. Yeah. He got interrupted earlier kissing his girlfriend with this with this woman who wanted him to, you know, save the clock tower because it got struck. You know, she gives him the whole story about it being struck by a bolt of lightning. He gives her a quarter to shut her up. She gives him a flyer. The only reason he is holding on to that flyer is because his girlfriend writes her grandmother's phone number on it because he doesn't know that one by heart. Yeah. She writes, I love you, writes it on there. So he keeps it. And then now he has a flyer that tells him exactly the time a lightning bolt's going to strike because it hit a clock and stopped a clock. Yeah, this it's is great. This so tight. Guess when the lightning hits. The exact, or like half a second before yes. the time on the clock. You can look at the I clock and know exactly when that's going to be. So yeah. I love Doc's freak out and I love Marty saying, yes, we do. Showing him the flyer and then Doc just sitting up and then pointing at the camera and saying the title of the movie. He says, we're going to send you back to the future points directly in the camera. What movie can pull this off? Tim, what movie can point in the camera and say the title of the movie and not have me fist pumping? Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. This is, this is amazing. How am I loving this? And I love it. Yeah. So, Doc tells Marty he basically has to hide out for a week and make sure he doesn't bump into anybody. But unfortunately, he's already bumped into several people. Yes. His parents uh, being two of them. So now it's time to to switch to damage control. Yes. And this is that part where uh, I was saying that Marty still doesn't really get it because (laughs) the doc takes him to school, takes Marty to the school and... Marty's like, um, he says like, oh, wow, they really cleaned this place up. It looks brand new. <laughs> well, it's brand new because it's 30 <laughs> years ago. He doesn't it. get it. Doesn't get it's it. It's really funny. But uh, Marty's new task here is to get Lorraine to fall in love with George. Amazing. Conflict number two that you could never predict. So Marty doesn't want to be erased from existence. So he needs to get them to go to the enchantment under the sea dance yes. and to kiss. So they fall in love. And Doc calls it a rhythmic ceremonial ritual. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's so, so smart. This guy is so weird. I love all the weird things they show you in the past. Yeah. Like when he's just talking to Thomas Edison's picture and he just calls him Tom. Yeah. 
He's just like, Tom, how could I have done this? Like, it's just all these weird things. And you're like, okay, I could see how this guy just like flushed all his money down the toilet to make a time machine. Yeah. Well, he burnt his house to collect the insurance money <laughs> yes, so he could build a time machine. <laughs> Who the hell is that? Yeah, that's good. Lots of fun, like um, uh, 85, like slang that doesn't make sense in 55. And they have lots of like good, good rhetoric from that. But yeah, um, I, I, I just want to say before we carry on, this is quick. Um, I love that we solve the number one conflict almost immediately. He goes to Doc. They figure it out. They know when the lightning bolt's going to strike. Conflict number one solved. Done. Oh, wait. There's conflict number two. That is, he screwed up his parents ever getting together. So now he might not exist. So it's no longer just get back to the future. Now it's, I have to fix my existence. I totally screwed this up. And George McFly is a complete... Uh, alien from another planet. Like, he's just a complete weirdo. How is this ever going to work getting him together with with my mom? Yep. And this all works because of Gale and Zemeckis' decision that what happens in the past, they want to actually affect the future. So they want that some sort of um, that that um, relationship between the time travel, right? That's why all this is working, is, is that decision yeah. that, that they do that. So it's good. Now, unfortunately... Um, Marty digs himself into an even bigger hole now by sticking up for Lorraine at school, um, where sexual Biff is, uh, making, um, you know, advances, uh, unfortunate advances on her. And, uh, dude, this is, this is the point where I noticed one of Biff's crew is wearing 3d glasses. I know. Now here's what I, here's what doesn't make sense for me in the movie. Only, only because of our first Halloween special. Where we dug into the history of 3D. Now, I'll tell you what, Dean. This movie was, or the time period was supposed to be 1955. Creature came out in 1954. And what I know about that time is that 3D glasses did not have the temples on the side. People had to hold them from the front. There were no no side pieces on the glasses. So this dude is wearing glasses from the future. He might be a time traveler. Yeah, he is also from the future. Wow. Those glasses are out of time. Yes, he's from like a couple years in the future. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, maybe maybe more than that. Maybe 15 okay. or 20. I don't know. Wow. I love it. Yeah. Anyways. Now, there's a great scene where Marty finds out that George is into sci-fi writing. So he dresses yeah. up in his plutonium costume, puts on some Van Halen on his Walkman, and manipulates George into asking out Lorraine. That's a great, that's a great scene. It's a great scene because like I've said, like George is just so inside himself, you know, he's like, he keeps everything to himself, doesn't really let it out, but he knows he likes science fiction. He knows he writes science fiction. There is no way this guy is ever going to ask out this girl. He just doesn't even care. Like he kind of wants to, but he's not going to do it. He's not going to put himself out there. So what do you do? You, you appeal to what he's into. You be an alien from another planet and convince him. Yeah, freak him the fuck out. Convince him he has to do it or you will melt his brain. Yeah, and uh, he just bit so hard. George bit so hard on that. He was so excited the next day to come to Marty and be like, Marty, I'm ready to do it. You'll never believe what happened. I'm going to ask Lorraine out now. Because Darth Vader's going to melt my brain. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Amazing. It's great. Ah, it's good. Now, um, Marty heads back to Doc's place. And sees him playing around with the camera, watching the footage. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Marty tries to tell Doc here that Doc's going to get killed. But the Doc refuses the information. Doc explains to Marty um, the plan that they have now. 
to get him back to the future. And I love it because Doc in like one day's time has made this incredible like model of the town. And he's yes. got a wind-up car and he's like going to show how the wind-up car drives yes. through the street and how it hits the electricity and like goes – it sends him back to the, the – back to the future and the doc he's got this great line he says please excuse the crudity of this model i didn't have time to build it to scale or paint it it's like what? amazing it already looks like the most amazing thing like it looks like it would take anybody a month or two to do oh yeah he did it a, oh, a yeah. day and he's apologizing for how bad it looks i, I and marty that. is just like that's okay he's like that's okay <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's so great oh my goodness so, so lorraine shows up and the doc oh, yeah. le- doc lets her in now dean Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson have been in six movies together. What? Yes. And this brief interaction that they have here, which is only a few words, is the only dialogue they've ever exchanged in those six movies. No way. Tim, what an amazing stat. That's incredible. That's an amazing one, right? Wow. That's so good. Yeah. Now, Lorraine asks Marty to ask her to the dance. <laughs> so good. Oh, man. This is a great scene. She just crushes this. She, yeah. She wants someone to uh, to stand up for her. One of the things yeah. that she's doing that I really, really loved, and the reason she's hitting my number two as a, as a star in this movie, is she's like the way she's delivering these um, names to Marty, where she, she yeah. read his underwear. And I guess back in like the 50s, uh, like one of the new things, the hip things to do was to stitch your name in your underpants. Oh, cool. So that's why she thinks his name is Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein. And she's calling him Calvin. And he says, no, my name's Marty. And she's just like, she's so infatuated and calling him Calvin and then trying to correct herself with Marty. And she's like, "Uh, Calvin, um, um, Marty. Uh, I'm Calvin. And she's not even like paying attention to yeah. the names she's saying. She's making it look like she's not paying attention, but she is because she's acting. And it's those little things for me where yeah. she's playing so like in love, so infatuated that she doesn't even really know what she's talking about. That's what does it for me with her is these little, these little things like that. She's so flustered. She's so like hearts yep. in the eyes emoji. Yep. Like she is just... It's so good. Like that, that's actually my favorite stumble is when she comes in into that garage and she starts with Marty, then goes to Calvin, then goes back to like half Marty. Yeah. She says like Marty, like it's so, it's just, yeah, it's so good. It, sh- it just proves that she is still like, she's really nervous around him, even though she's making the advances when it comes to like actually talking to him about the relationship, she gets nervous. She's a teenager. It's super subtle, super subtle acting. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So with this information... Marty um, has a, a new plan now to go to the dance with Lorraine. Yeah. Right. He's going to treat her rudely in the car and George will show up and he'll say, hey, you get your damn hands off her. <laughs> Tim, and then he's he going to swear punch. Him. <laughs> then he's going to punch Marty. Yes. I, I really love this plan. Like, like Marty sees that he is like, oh man, he's so screwed here. And it's like, okay, but if, if George can stand up, that's what she likes. Someone who's going to stand up for her, then, then it works. Then we can do it. Yeah. No, it's good. So we're at the evening of the enchantment under the sea dance now. And I like this part a lot because the doc here is super excited to catch up with Marty in 30 years. Like Marty and the doc, they made such like a great um, relationship back in the fifties here. 
And like they like Doc like loves him, right? It's like they yeah. as 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 big of friends they were in 85, they get that relationship back in a matter of like one week in the in 55. And I thought it was a really sweet moment how excited Doc was to see him in the future. I, it I really is. Like they that. just click and it shows right here that just them like his energy, they both have like kind of high energy and bouncing like stuff off each other, they just click and they really like each other. I, I think it's pretty sweet. Yeah. So Obviously, once again, Marty tries to tell Doc about what's going to happen to him, right? He doesn't want him to yeah. get killed. And um, again, Doc refuses. He's like, no, nope, I, I can't. I can't have that. So Marty writes a letter and slips it into the jacket pocket of Doc. So he's, he's trying to save his life here. Yeah, now, definitely. I mean, and you would, right? Like you, you, yeah, have, yeah, yeah, you yeah, would yeah. do this. Yeah. So Marty is with Lorraine and they park. <laughs> I love how they call it parking, <laughs> I love how they call it parking. Everybody knows what parking means. Like, I'm 17 park? years old. Yeah, you Do you think what? I've never parked before? <laughs> That's great. I love it. It's great. I love That's how great. parking is a thing. But Oh, yeah. So, unfortunately, Biff shows up before George. Yes. And Marty gets um, taken away by Biff's goons. He gets yeah. locked in the trunk of another car. And Biff starts making his predatorial sexual yeah. advances on Lorraine. He's a real sexual predator in this movie. He's a real sexual predator. He's a real piece of shit. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. It, 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 it's, it, it's so horrible here. He really gets like, he's a kind of a bully. You know, he's definitely a yeah. bully and he's definitely got those tendencies of being like sexual predator. But right here, you're like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Like, I'm done with this guy. That's a good point. Um, yeah. This is the point yeah. where you hate him. Like before yeah. it was kind of like, well, he's Absolutely a bully, him. he's mean, and we don't like him, yeah. but this is where you hate him. Yeah, you're before that you're like, Biff's kind of funny. I mean, like he's you know, he's he's funny in the scenes, but here it's it's over. And and right before he shows up, um, Lorraine actually kisses Marty and then backs off and is like, That was not cool. Yeah. That was like kissing my brother. And so at this moment, they're done. Like that's it for them. Yeah. But still there's no Lorraine George because he hasn't done anything. Right. Yeah. Good point. So George does show up though and opens the door and Biff is doing doing the Biff the Biff things. And I really like that he delivers the line before he sees it's Biff. He, I like yeah, that he, he delivers, hey, yeah. you get your damn hands off her he, before he, through, he sees it's he Biff. He gets through most yeah. of it, yeah. 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 So then uh yeah, Biff comes up and uh George tries to punch him. Biff catches the punch and is like about to break his arm, and uh yeah. Biff ends up pushing Lorraine back into the car aggressively and yeah. that really pisses off George and George off Georgie. squeezes the iron fist and punches Biff in the face and knocks him out cold spins him around come on dude spins him around come on Tim one of the best moments of this movie that fist was coming at 88 miles an hour that sent him holy sent, shit. probably sent him a couple seconds back in time dude <laughs> He definitely went back a couple <laughs> seconds. What a great punch. I love it. It was a good punch. So oh, that's great. That that part's perfect. But yeah. but we still yeah. need them to kiss. So Lorraine is getting, yeah. she's getting the feelings here for George, right? She she Someone has stood up for her. Very big for her that people stick up for her. George for sure. has, but now they, they still need to kiss. Unfortunately, Marty's locked in a car, the trunk of a car. And yeah. the band, it's the band's car, and they're trying to free him. And the guitar player of the band cuts his hand trying to break the lock. Yeah. So they get him, they get Marty out, but the, the guitar, guitar player can't play anymore. Luckily, Dean, Marty is an aspiring rock and roll band member. Which we, um, which we saw. We saw, we saw at the beginning. On. He has a demo tape. He auditioned oh. for the band, the school band. Dean, are you saying that they set that up earlier? 
I'm saying they set that up earlier. Get oh, out of this here. Reminds me. Get out of here. Dim, this reminds me. This reminds me. One quick thing. Yeah, sure. Huey Lewis is the guy who tells him he's just too darn loud. Yeah, yeah. Huey Lewis, he's made a cameo there. He made a cameo. And they're playing Power of Love <laughs> in, the, in the band. They're playing right. Power of Love. And he's like, beginning. He's like uh, guys, 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 this is my song. <laughs> he's oh, like, you good. suck at my song. Get out of here. How did we miss that before? <laughs> I know. I don't know. Oh, man. That's, yeah, that's funny. I have three things written on my paper right now, and now I get to cross out Huey Lewis. Oh, yeah. Nice. I like that. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. I'm sorry. You guys are just too damn loud. It's like, well, like we could turn our amp down. <laughs> I know. How about we try what that? A, what a piece of shit <laughs> reason for not. They just kick them right off the stage. I'm sorry, guys. You're oh, yeah. too loud. It's like, You're we done. can. there's volume. Yeah, there's yeah. a volume thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so George and Lorraine head inside they're dancing some dude tries to cut in and uh kind of a weird scene uh, it looks like uh, he's gonna bully george again here but george is over being bullied yes and he goes and he pushes this dude over he grabs lorraine he kisses her this secures marty's future Yes. And dude, this scene, this is the fist pumping scene of this totally. movie. I am so jacked up every time this happens because of the way they're doing it. Because Marty's on stage and his body's starting to fade away now. Like yeah. his hand is disappearing. He can't play the guitar anymore. And uh, this, the they're playing Earth Angel. And it's like yeah. his guitar is all like weird and off because his hand's not uh, hitting right. And then uh, that's like as this dude has like cut in on... Lorraine and is walking away from George with her and then all of a sudden George cuts in pushes this guy away kisses her Marty like sits up because he was lying down he sits yes. up off the stage hits the the music uh the song sounds normal again he like gets to his knees and stands up dude I'm running around the room pumping my yes. fist at this point I'm like you're this so is, right I'm so you're... into it at this I'm oh, so into so this right. moment this dude is a dude who was kicking George in, in the back when he had the kick me sign before. Oh, was so it? It's like, oh, I didn't yeah. pick up on that. It's the, it's the, yeah, it's That's the kid that beautiful. was kicking him. I, so never, I never picked up on that. He pushes him down and you're right about the sit up. Like he sit, Marty sits up in time and then plays the next chord in time. And it's just so, it's so good. It's so magical. It's that movie magic. If you asked me when I was nine or 10 years old, what my favorite song is, it's Earth Angel because of this movie. Like <laughs> totally. I would have answered Earth Angel yeah. because of this movie. <laughs> yeah, Power of Love would have been number two. Was, but Earth Angel, like this moment, you just can't, you were you can't describing it, it and I got actual it. chills. Like you just can't deny it. It's so good. They set us up for like an hour and 35 minutes to for get this. to this point yeah. And then they yeah. hit you with it. And you're like yes yes dude, yes i'm in i accept and tim there's still like half an hour left in the movie i know there is <laughs> <laughs> so it's on to the final order of business dean and that is to get marty back to the future yes okay back to the plan we solved like an hour ago perfect yeah, yeah. doc explains what marty needs to do and then finds the letter marty left him in his pocket and he, Doc is very adamant here about not wanting to know the future. He rips this note up. Um, we're all feeling like, oh, shit, dude, like we're, Marty's trying to help you, man. Like, don't rip that up. Just 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 read it. But no, it rips it up. That's it. Um, then we get some drama as a tree branch falls and disconnects the cord that's running from the clock tower down to the street. That's going to power the car um, to go uh, back to the future. Now, Marty... He's very upset about Doc finding the letter. 
and comes up with a brilliant plan that none of us are thinking. He's in a time machine, set the time machine for a couple minutes before it was set for. So you can get back and warn him in person. It's perfect. It makes a ton of sense. It's so good. So there's really great anticipation building here um, in this scene because Doc is trying to connect that wire that um, had come loose. Marty's in the DeLorean and it decided to shut down on him. Like it's just not turning on. Uh, So they're both trying to like figure out how to get their parts of the plan working. And they both kind of like, they both kind of nail it close to the same time. They don't know each other struggling and you have these two characters by themselves now having to be the hero. You get our two heroes in the film having both their hero moments at the same time. Yeah. About this scene. Yeah. I'd I'd like to say that I've made it known before that I'm not a huge fan of Spielberg and his over-the-top sequences Mm -hmm. that, in my opinion, go on for too long, are too unbelievable, um, and I'm just... I get taken out of the movie at that point. Okay. Now Jaws aside, Jaws is my favorite movie. Now Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any of that in there, but you get some of his other movies like Jurassic Park and there's Mm -hmm. scenes in there that I don't buy. I don't believe Zemeckis for me does a far better job in his movies of doing those scenes, but doing them in a way that is more believable, keeping them shorter, keeping them tighter, Um, they don't need to be, you know, like six minutes long. They just need to be like 30 seconds long or a minute long. So I feel like Zemeckis captured something really tight in that scene. I feel like if it was Spielberg, it would have gone on for too long for me. There would have been far more shots back and forth between the two trying to create more anticipation. Maybe they have two or three tasks to do. Um, so I think in this type of storytelling, while Zemeckis was kind of, um, mentored by Spielberg, I think he hits on these moments better than Spielberg for me. Yeah, Tim, I'm I'm with you with this. It's um, I think it's that Spielberg is trying to make these types of scenes so epic in the like over the entire scene, the whole thing needs to make perfect sense and be so epic. While Zemeckis, it's this just amazing thing that they do that he he sort of sets up this conflict and it's all we're thinking about. Doc has to just grab that cord and he's dangling off the clock and that's all we can think about. And as soon as he succeeds in that, we get the next issue that the cord doesn't quite connect and we totally forget about the old issue. It's like, like you said, they're little 30 second things that are their own thing. Like, it's not like now this ties into him hanging off the clock. That's done with. I'm past that. I forgot he was hanging off the clock because now the only important thing is that he needs to connect this wire. So you're just so in the moment with them. But even that whole, even, even that whole scene, that whole scene with him, um, even climbing up all the way all of it like the cord yeah. disconnecting the first time him having to climb up and connecting it then it breaking at the bottom him having to slide down the bottom yeah it's a very short scene it's not very long and yeah. you know yeah it's, it's, i appreciate it i appreciate him for that. you have no time to think how unbelievably the whole thing is because all you're thinking about is that next moment that next little thing that he needs to do you're so focused on it hmm. so their plan works dean marty is sent oh, back yes. home Okay. Yes. The DeLorean, unfortunately, though, this piece of shit is once again dead in the middle of the street. And yes. And can I? Yeah, go ahead. Can I just interject sure. one thing here? So this is what I set up before when we stuck on Marty in the car on the dashboard when he bent back to the past. 
Now, when we go to the future, we stick on Doc. We don't follow Marty going back to the fu- going like back to the future. We know what happens to him. We know how that goes. We stick on Doc, a man that has probably never had a big invention work, and the invention works for him. The time machine works, and he just dances in the street. And I think that's a really nice moment. This is a movie not just about Marty, but about Marty and Doc, and we needed to stick on him in this moment. True. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, give give the doc his like su- successful moment because if you just exactly. cut to Marty, we don't get that moment from Doc, right? We don't get the satisfaction from Doc that we did it. We planned all this. Yeah. My thing worked. works. Right. My time machine works. Yeah. All and all he the stuff he's it. gone through, like all the yeah, all his inventions, uh, burning his house to get insurance money to try to work on this invention that yeah. he hasn't even done. He hasn't even completed it yet. He completes it. Well, what, that's thirty thing. years in the future, but he knows. Yeah. That it's going to work so he can continue working on it because he knows like that's his 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 mission right is to to build this thing so and it's a problem that he currently solved not future him he solved he figured out how to send him back and that to me is just such a magical moment yeah that is that is a great moment yeah so the libyans drive past marty in his dead delorean so marty hightails it on foot to the twin pines mall which is now called lone pine mall Yes, because Marty yes. drove over one so of the good. pine trees. That's great. And so we know uh, shit's changed. Yeah, yeah. Things Marty have changed. Marty changed some shit. Yep. So Marty watches again while Doc gets killed. Now, this is a really cool scene because we're watching earlier in the movie, but from a different um, viewpoint. So Marty's watching uh, the other Marty kind of hopping in the DeLorean and being chased around by the Libyans. Uh, yep. So he runs over to Doc and it turns out Doc is alive, Dean. He's not dead. Great. He's alive. Yes. He faked it for a he, while though. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. We are I thought he was dead. 100% I thought he was dead was the dead. first time. Yeah. But he had a bulletproof vest on, all thanks to the note that Marty left him. I figured so. what the hell? Like the scientist is like, "Fuck science. Yeah. This kid is my best friend." Right. Yeah, he's my I'm going to read friend. the fucking note he left me. Yeah, because I think Marty made it so apparent how important yes. it was to him. Like he tried um, th- you know, three times to get him, you know, to listen to him and he he didn't yeah. but he realized that's good now doc gives marty a lift home and says that he's going to take a trip 30 years into the future now and marty goes into his house he finds out that things are a little bit different than he remembered george is a successful sci-fi author mm-hmm. uh, the house is nicer mm-hmm. george and lorraine are in love Great, because he's not inside his head. He now can express himself. Yeah, neither He wrote a book. He's not afraid to just let his feelings out. Neither of them are busted looking. Neither of them are busted. The whole family is more successful. The brother and yeah. sister are more successful. Uh, Biff works for George now. Fuck yeah, dude. This oh, fuck was yeah, man. such a happy moment in the movie where yeah. Biff, Biff is the guy who looks old and busted. Now he's oh, got yeah. the old he makeup looks- on. That's good. Yeah, actually, I never really... He it does look way more busted than he did he's the first the time around. One. He's the busted one, yeah. He's he's like uh, polishing George's car for him. I love like, it. Uh, says he's he's buffed it twice, but George is yes. like, Biff. Now, now Biff. Now Biff. Have you really done it two times? Or did you <laughs> Don't only you just con do it one me. time? Yeah, and was like, <laughs> oh, okay. I just well, did. I'm sorry, oh, Mr. Oh, I'm sorry, 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 Mr. Fox. I mean, I just started. <laughs> Great. great man he's picking on him yeah great, give it back to this guy dude, it's so great at the end there now 
Marty also has that truck he wanted from earlier that we never talked yeah. we never talked about, but there's a, a lovely four by four he wanted to own, and now he owns yeah. it. It's in his driveway. Amazing. He's ready to take the truck for a drive with Jennifer, but the doc shows up in the time machine, Dean. This was so unexpected. It's just so like, unexpected, so good, so oh, great. Dude, so great. Um, he, the doc is frantic too. He says yeah. Marty has to come back with him back to the future. Back to the future. There's a problem with Marty and Jennifer's children. And they all get into the time machine, which now runs yes. on garbage. Yes, which is amazing. Great. That's <laughs> yeah. great. That I, I like that they're setting up that we don't have to worry about plutonium or the lightning yeah. bolt anymore, right? Because that would get really old if in the next movie they had to do the same thing again, right? Like we have to somehow yeah. get electricity into this car. We're not going to buy it this the next time around. So yeah. I like that they just set it up with... But what like what makes it great is that they didn't put it in to set up another. They right. just thought it would be really, really fun if he came back and they all of a sudden had to like go somewhere else. They just thought that was a fun ending. And I think that's really fun. Yeah, because they didn't have plans for a sequel at this point. No, no, they didn't know it was going to make over $300 million. Yeah, so they just they just, just made an, an amazing ending, which yeah. is something yeah. we've talked about before in movies. Totally. Like just, you know what? Don't try to set up a sequel. Just, just have an amazing movie, yeah. make an amazing movie. And if it does well, if you guys are smart enough, if you were smart enough to write this yeah. movie, you're smart enough to write a sequel, right? You're, you're smart totally. enough to figure something else out. So, yeah. So the time machine, they're getting ready to drive down the road to hit, yeah, hit the 88 miles an hour. Dean, Marty yeah. doesn't th- think there's enough road though. I mean, I'm with him. You know what? Doc doesn't care. So that DeLorean Dean lifts up into the sky and does a quick little 180 and blasts off into the future. Right into the camera. Talk about a fucking mic drop. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. A mic drop ending to a perfect movie. When I came out of that movie, yes, I was so pumped up. You the bet. only other time... I have had this feeling when I came out of the movie was the matrix. Yeah. Cool. I think a lot of people had that, that feeling. I think a lot of people were drop kicking their friends on the way back to the car, kicking (laughs) lampposts, doing spins (laughs) and stuff like that. I, that's how I felt coming out of this movie. I was so excited. I, I couldn't even believe it. And as a kid, I don't even think I understood like probably 80% of the movie, but when it, when that ending hit and I kind of grasped, the general idea of this movie, like people went back in time, figured out a way to get back to where they had originally come from. And now yeah. they're going somewhere else. And it's like, oh, it's just, it's incredible, dude. I understand you, why this is your number five. Totally, man. You probably got back in the car with dad after the theater and you're like, let's see if these bastards can do 90. Yeah. I was seriously like, can we go 88? <laughs> let's get this thing up to 88 Can we right go 88? Now? You know what? I bet dad did it. I bet he, I bet he, he took us to, the, uh, to a highway and hit 88. <laughs> he probably did. Probably. He probably would do that. He probably was trying it for himself too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm going to see if this bastard can do 90. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. We can't. This, this thing only goes up to 60. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just lost uh, a hubcap. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, cool. There's a couple things I wanted to um, touch on that we didn't. Okay, I got a, I got a couple wrap-ups as well. Okay, well, why don't you go ahead? Sure, yeah. So uh, as we were talking, I just uh, had a little notepad here and I was writing down some things just to make sure I hit on them. Sure. Um, 
So what I really liked about this movie um, is usually with a time travel movie, something's fucked up and you got to go back and fix it, right? So what I really, really love about this is that he accidentally goes back in the future and, or sorry, accidentally goes back to the past and all he's trying to do is get back to 1985 and then, you know, he ends up fucking up his parents' meeting. So, you know, he's got to fix that. So all he's trying to do is fix that so he exists. And what happens is he accidentally makes their lives better. He accidentally makes his parents' lives mm. better and he accidentally makes his brother and sister's life better. I love that it's an accident. I think it is so great that it wasn't just... Because he was... Really, he was fine. Like, his parents were kind of sad, but he was okay with life. Like, he, he seemed okay with it. Um, so I just love that he accidentally made their lives a little bit better. What else? My next, my next note says, see it. And I have no idea what that means. So well, you're that telling one. everybody to see the movie if they haven't see, seen it. Oh yet, yeah. Clearly. Everybody, if you haven't seen Back to the Future, you have to go out and see it. Definitely. Last note. This is something I've seen this movie 1000 times. That's not, that's not true. Not a thousand times, but I've seen it so, so many times. And I picked it up this time. I think that, um, homeless man who sleeps on the bench is the mayor in 1955. A car drives by and they talk about Mayor Red. And then when he comes back to the future, he looks at the homeless man on the bench and he says, Red, thank goodness I'm back. Like he knows that Red sleeps on the bench. I think it's the mayor. Nice pull. Yes. Dude. Wow. Good one, man. I'm taken aback by that one. Boom. That makes so much sense. That's my mic drop. Wow. Um, I just wanted to say the film was released nine and a half weeks after shooting wrapped. Yeah. Which is like insane, an insane turnaround. Um, also it was number one at the box office for three months. Oh man. Those times. Remember those times when movies just used to stick around the box office? Yeah. And then the, the last thing is the president of the, uh, studio, Sidney Scheinberg, he had Lorraine's name changed. It was originally going to be Meg, Meg Meg Baines. He had it changed to Lorraine Baines in honor of his wife, Lorraine Gary. Nice. Yeah. That's a good one, Tim. I like it. I like Lorraine. We love Lorraine Gary. Yeah, we love (laughs) Lorraine Gary. We do. We do love her. She's great. She's uh, She's Jaws, the wife in Jaws. Yeah. For those for those who don't have Jaws as number one on their best movie of all time list. It's my number four, Tim. It's close. It's pretty good. That's respectable. I don't I'm not upset at you for that. Yeah. It's good. It's it's really good, Tim. What I've found from talking to people is that a lot of people like Jaws. It's it's high on a lot of people's lists. But Yeah, it's great. Great movie. What about Back to the Future? That's neither here nor there. Back to the Future, I don't know if Back to the Future is on a lot of people's top lists. What are you talking about? Everybody loves this movie. Nobody dislikes this movie. I don't know if anybody dislikes it, but I don't know if it's on yeah. anybody's top list. Like if right. you if you had to ask me, okay, here's the thing with this movie. I watched it 1000 times just like you when yeah. I was younger. Okay? I know everything about this movie. I saw it in the theater when it came out. But I don't own it for some reason. I think I don't own it cuz it had never come up like in the past whatever 10, 15, 20 years that I actually wanted to rewatch it because I know everything about it. I've seen it so many times. 
But yeah. when I watched it again, I was like, holy shit, this movie is so good. Like, it it still holds up. It still will rock your world for how great totally. of a story it is, how great of a script it is, how great the acting is, how great the music is. We haven't done a movie yet that on this podcast that has, like, a song associated with it. Like, a hit yeah. song in the movie. This is the very first one. So... I can see how this has hit your number five. This was already on your list, so I respect that. But I can see how it's moved up. And I yeah. could see if people would rewatch this, how it could make one of their lists. It's just, it's a super, super, super tight movie. Yeah, watching, going to watch it back for this podcast. Um, I always check with my wife if she wants to watch the podcast movies with me. And uh, she was like, ah, you know, I've seen Back to the Future. It's not a big deal. You can watch it without me. No problem. Um, what happened was uh, I, I didn't get to watch it sort of on my own time. So then I had to sort of go back to her and be like, is it okay if we watch it together? Because I think I'm not going to have enough time on my own time. I got other things to do. She's like, okay, yeah, no problem. We're 20 minutes in and she's like, this is a perfect movie. Yeah. Like it's just you, every time I throw it on, I get so wrapped up in it. It just draws me in and I'm like, oh my goodness, this movie is so good. I always want to put it on. This is the perfect hangover movie mm. like if you are if you had a rough night the night before and you wake up and you don't want to do shit you don't want to do anything throw this movie in it just makes you so happy it makes you feel so good all the setups and payoffs you're gonna there's so many payoffs in the second half of this film that is just so many moments to be excited for it's it's so good i absolutely love it tim there you have it everybody now i will say this i will say the cliche line of See it again for the first time, because that's how it feels. Yeah, good one. Okay, let's get totally. to what if. Sure, Tim, you said you had a problem with the movie, though, and I haven't heard it yet. Oh, it was the 3D glasses that are oh. out of time. <laughs> okay, okay. Those glasses okay, sure, are out of time. Them. They don't belong yeah, there. True, true. And that is why it didn't win the screenplay Oscar. Probably, yeah. Probably, Some, yeah. Some everyone's like, well, that. wait a second, the, the 3D yeah, glasses. I went though. to Creature last year, and that's not what <laughs> 3D glasses. I had to hold my glasses, though. <laughs> Okay, what if? What if? All right, Dean. Um, you 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 had to. You, you must have seen me go in this direction, but. What if you got into the DeLorean and took a trip back in time? Where are you going? What are you setting that dial to? Tim, I really like the idea of going back and seeing your parents young. I think it is. I know it's going to be boring because it's what this movie is, but it's what nobody chooses. Has anybody ever said that? Which is why this movie's so good. Like, Nobody has ever said if they had a time machine, they'd go see their parents young, but it's something that every single person can relate to. And I, that's what I want to do now. Now that I've seen this, it's like, I want to go back and see dad and mom young. I want to see what they were like, because I know what they tried to tell us and I want to see what they were like. So I see what's going on here. It's now your number five movie. And what you're saying yeah. is you want to now live the movie. You're hoping, live. you're hoping the exact same thing yes. happens to you so you can yes. live the movie. Like you want, 100%. you want, you don't just want to do the ride at no. Universal Studios. You want to I did the ride. It. I did the ride. Me too. I did the ride. It was a great time. 
a lot of fun. Doesn't exist, but yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. But oh, it was no? a great time. Yeah, it was it was a cool ride. Uh, okay, cool. That's great. How about you, Tim? Where would you go? Um, I think I I don't think I would do something like going back to a time I don't know because yeah. that there's too many like weird scenarios that could happen. Um, you might be really like caught off guard by what life is like at that time. So I think I'd probably choose something in my lifetime. I'd probably just try to like turn back the clock of time a little bit. And I'd probably go to like when I was maybe around 16 years old, I think you're just oh, kind nice. of like, you're finishing off high school. You're yeah. kind of putting that chapter behind you, which is fun and all, but you're, you're kind of, you don't have a lot of like, you don't have a lot of power at that time yeah. or like a lot of, uh, you know, decision-making. But when you hit 16, 17, 18, you know, you get your driver's license, you can start to move out on your own if you want. And it feels like at that time, the world kind of opens up to you and you, it's like a whole brand new experience. And I think I'd probably do that if I, if I had, if I, if I could do that. If I was suicidal, I'd set, I'd set that sucker to like the dinosaur age because i mean how cool would it be to like blast into a field of dinosaurs yeah walk around for 10 minutes and get stepped on by a you know a diplodocus or get eaten by a a raptor or something (laughs) like that that would be if you're suicidal (laughs) but you're not going to last there right so i wouldn't i wouldn't do it for that reason it would be fucking awesome to see but i wouldn't do it because you're going to die so i'd probably just choose something in my lifetime just like back the clock up a bit and try to you know go through some fun stuff again I like you going back to when you were a teen. So while you were saying that, I was trying to figure out how old I would be. I mean, it took me a long time to do the math and figure out that I'd be eight. Um, but we lived in a uh, in a different province than we do now when we were that age. And it flashed me right back to the first time I watched this movie and something you might not know that happened right after this movie. You had a car, a blue car. You were maybe 16 or 17 and you and our older brother shared a car. Okay? Oh, yeah. The Nissan Stanza. It, Nissan Stanza. What a great car, man. Oh, that car was dude, so that car was amazing. The car was so good. So that car is parked in the garage. Me. This is a true story that I just remembered. Me. Little Dean. Eight or nine years old. Just watched Back to the Future. Marty McFly. What a cool motherfucker that guy is, Marty McFly. He has a skateboard. I have a skateboard that I bought for $5 at a garage sale. I've never tried it. It looks tough. I'm going to go try it. (laughs) Oh, no. I try the skateboard in the garage. I try to stand on it, and I fall backwards and (laughs) kick it into your car. Your car gets scraped on the front, and a few days later, you have one of those, like, bras on the front of the car because I scraped it and you thought someone did it in, like, a parking lot. Oh, wow. I never told you that I did it. I never told anybody that I fell on my skateboard and scraped your car. You just thought that somebody else did it. Nice. Yeah, no, that was... <laughs> and your car had that black bra on it for the rest of time. That would have been older brother because I didn't have a license at that time. Okay, okay. Tell you what, well, though. You, you didn't have it at 16 or 17? Um, at, well, at that time, I was 15, I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I didn't have my license there. Uh, I had my, well, I had my beginners, but it was. Okay. Okay. In, so it was in probably that province, older brother's car. Yeah. And in, in, in that province you had, it was like longer to get, it took you longer to get your license than where we live true. now. So that is true. Tell yeah. you what I did do though, is I took that car out on a few occasions. Yeah. Alone by myself late at night without oh, a license. Oh yeah. Oh, did you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I broke some rules. 
cruising through town. Too. I think uh, older brother probably sent me for like Burger King or something like that. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah he didn't want to sure. go do it. And yeah. I wanted to go because I don't have a license and I'm not allowed to drive the car, but I did. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, see, that's why I'd go back to these times. They were so much fun, Dean. They were fun. I never got good at the skateboard. Honestly, after that, it scarred me. I never tried again. I'll tell you what. If anybody out there is thinking about taking their parents' car out without a license, do it. Do it. It is so much do fun. It. Don't get caught, <laughs> but do it. I'm serious. Do it. You remember it forever. Don't get caught, though. I'm serious. Don't get caught. Don't get caught and also don't cause an accident. And don't tell anybody that we told you to do it. No, of course not. Okay. But it's fun. Oh, it's so much fun. It's more fun than anything because you're not supposed to be doing it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Dean, thank you. Oh, Tim, thank you. I'm so like, now that we're at the end, can you tell my body language is different? Oh, I'm dude, like, you look like you just got like a full like shiatsu massage. You're yeah, just, my, like, my shoulders, shoulders are, are finally way down. slumped. <laughs> They've been like up in my ears for the whole time. I've just you, been so stressed about this. You looked like the puffer fish at the beginning of the episode where you just, I know. You, your body was like expanded three times its size. You just sucked up all the air. Go. Yeah. It's cool though. I'm glad that you're so passionate about this movie. I'm glad we could finally do it. I'm yeah, glad we gave it its due. Um, I said everything I wanted to say. I, I think you said everything you wanted to say. I did. Yeah, Perfect. for sure. All right, dude. Well, thanks for joining this week. And thank you to everybody listening. And we'll catch you next time. If you're looking for additional content from Talking Back, sign up for our monthly newsletter. We'll be doing monthly wrap-ups, sneak peeks. We'll show you some behind-the-scenes stuff. We'll be sharing recommendations. And who knows what else is going to go on. Find a link to the sign-up form in the bio of any of our social media accounts, or feel free to reach out to Tim or Dean and we'll set you up. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.